what's up, Pittsburgh Steeler fans? My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Along with me is my very good friend, Tony Defio. And you have stumbled upon the Steelers hangover, which sometimes the Steelers hangover could be something that is not really that fun because, you know, you're just languishing, you're sweaty, you're feeling like, oh, what have I done? You've had a bad night. And that's usually a Pittsburgh Steelers loss. But then, then you have that night where you're like, "Woo, that was awesome. My head hurts, but I'm glad it hurts because I had the greatest night of my life. And I got to tell you, that's what the Steelers hangover is all about. And this is a very good hangover just for that reason, because Tony Defio, our Pittsburgh Steelers, had a revenge game. And I don't care what anybody says, it was a game of revenge. They were embarrassed 17 days before in Cleveland with just a whole monstrosity of uh, humanity. And then turns around and the uh, there was a lot of victim shaming to go with it. So here's what I'm saying. I'm satisfied with what happened. All the talking's over. We talked about it. They're wearing shirts that say Pittsburgh started it. Tony Defio, before you get started, could we finish that sentence? Pittsburgh started it, but. Pittsburgh and the Duck and the defense, they finished it yesterday. And and they finished Cleveland season, too. Yes, 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 yes. And here's the thing. BTSC, um, Shirtmeister. Extraordinaire Jeff Hartman has already has the new BTSC T-shirts up. It says they uh, they're on the site. Uh, Cleveland started it. Pittsburgh finished it, and they're on sale now. Also, one of the great T-shirts that you can go ahead and get if you don't want that T-shirt, but that's on there. Just the BTSC T-shirt. Those are really nice. Would make great holiday stocking stuffers for you and yours. So that's something you got to go ahead and check out. The uh, Behind the Still Curtain t-shirts this holiday season. There you go. And look at this. I'm loving this already. Just Me says, I ordered mine yesterday. So that's awesome. Um, I love it. There's so much to talk about. We're feeling really good. Um, Jamie Calhays wants to ask. Uh, there's going to be questions about this. How about the touchdown zone T-shirt? You get it if you want the Jamie. If you want the t- touchdown zone T-shirt, you need to talk to uh, Jeff Hartman. He, don't let him forget about that. I think that would be a great stocking stuffer. And I know we're going to hear it, especially if especially if Lance Williams is on here. He's going to want to know about the uh, the uh, 2 a.m. Just take it T-shirt. Hey. Um, talk to Jeff because they are in charge there as far as that goes uh, creating cool t-shirts if you're going to buy them we'll get them to you that's really cool hey thanks everybody um, we've got all kinds of people checking in on uh, on the live chat here to support this show Tony tell them what to do you got to subscribe just click, click below and subscribe and then whenever the uh, show comes on this show or any other BTSC podcast, you'll get a notification, and you can go right right there and and and, and join in, and also hit like as well. Like, hey, there you go. Just remember this: you're our Steeler family. We're glad to have you here. Should we get this hangover started, Tony? I am feeling good. I don't I don't know about a hangover. I'm feeling really good. Well, it did. It went it went down pretty smooth. I'll say that. <laughs> that was a good one. What was your knee-jerk reaction? Especially, let's start with this. Your knee-jerk reaction with the first, let's just say, couple Cleveland series of the game. To be honest with you, my knee-jerk reaction was I thought it was going to be a long day. And I'm telling you the truth. I thought it was going to be not like a major blowout, but I figured like maybe a 20-3, 17-3 kind of day because it, it didn't look like the offense was going to do anything. But uh, for the first time in a long time, I was pleasantly surprised with everything that transpired over the last, what, 35 minutes of that game. It was a, a, a glorious way to uh, end that game. So here's the thing, Tony. There was all this talk coming in, and we could talk about we, – we could talk all day about T-shirts, you know, what uh, Freddie, Freddie Kitchens was wearing to a Mr. Rogers – 
a movie in which <laughs> I think I love how we blow that out of proportion. I right, even right. blew it out of proportion the other night. I'm like, uh, how dare you wear that to a Fred Rogers movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's a T-shirt. Right. But, hey, we talk about the Steelers giving bulletin board material all the time by talking um, the past couple years. What about the, uh, I mean, that's not just bulletin board material. That's that's reason to go ahead out there and get more fired up. And I don't care if he says after the game, after the game, you know, like it wasn't about a T-shirt. We weren't prepared. Yeah, but and I heard Deion Sanders even saying on uh, the NFL Network, "You're are you serious? A T-shirt's what's going to fire you up? Your professionals?" And he's he's uh, he was being pretty awful. But here's the thing: it's not that. It's just the fact that it was the disrespect factor. And the, the uh, title of the show the other day that I had, were, are the Browns getting in the Steelers' heads? And obviously they got in their heads the right way and they knew how to manage it. Because the Browns, you know, they had this newfound aggression. They finally felt like, hey, we can go ahead and sniff the playoffs. We can go ahead and, uh, I mean, we could beat our uh, our long longtime oppressor. We beat them once. We could beat them again and put them away. Um, and all this. And they were they had a us-against-the-world mentality. Now, it's over. They're just a disappointment at this point. Now, their season is not over. As uh, you'll see in an article that we have coming out this week, uh, Steelers, Friends, and Enemies, it's a look at all of the fourth quarter schedules for uh, the AFC wildcard contenders, not just them, but all of the contenders there. And we, we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. But my knee-jerk reaction to start the game was, oh, here we go again. They can't stop Baker Mayfield. This fantastic heart of the team defense can't stop them. What were you thinking there, Tony? Well, I mean – it was kind of discouraging the end of that first drive because, I mean, all credit to Baker Mayfield and, and Jarvis Landry, but they, they teamed up to make a, a, a great catch and throw or throw and catch on third and 14th. You know, it was just extraordinary. So I thought, here we go. They're going to, they're going to uh, be up seven, nothing, but to the defense's credit, they, they, they held tough there and they forced a three. And I think that was the first time in a while that, that, that the Browns didn't score a touchdown on the first drive. So I think that set a, that set a tone that, Hey, look, we're, you know, you might, we're going to bend a little bit early, but we're not going to break. And they didn't break. And then by the end of the game, they were, they didn't do anything. They didn't bend or anything. They, 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 they held firm on defense. It was a extraordinary response after that uh, big play by uh, Mayfield and, and, and uh, uh, Travis Landry. You know what? And uh, Wes uh, says the run D was a little concerning in this game. Um, and uh, nap 1963, uh, uh, but Nick it Chubb's a, a great runner, so I mean, you got to give him credit. Not just Nick Chubb, man. I tell you what, I can't stand the guy. But number twenty-seven, I'm not even going to say his name. But number twenty-seven is pretty tough. So you have you have those two guys, and uh, you know they're going to uh, they're going to put up over a hundred yards on that defense. But individually, they did not, and right. that's that's a pretty big deal there. Um, it was bend, not break from the beginning, but I was, after uh, they got it together, I wasn't really feeling any pain at that point. I, I was thinking, okay, I think at the end of the second half, uh, actually, end of the, of course, at the end of the second half, but at the end of the first half, I was feeling like, hey, you know what, they got this. I, I was finally there. 4TL Music Group, uh, great contributor to the show. Hey, Tony and Bad, I love the win, but does Duck know how to throw slants? Just asking because I looked like he was heaving the ball and was just making great catches, and wide receivers was just making great catches. Other D's will pick Duck. You know, he has shown the tendency to do so. Look, this guy, I mean, can't make too many excuses for him because he did play in college. I mean, he had a great career in college, but the pro game, there's a lot to pick up in this game, and it's a completely different uh, style of play. And in fact, he wasn't playing, I mean, Division One. He was playing Division One AA. I know it's called FCS now and FBS for uh, Division One. But what I'm saying is, you know, this guy wasn't even on a practice squad of another team. He wasn't on a roster at the end of Labor Day. Um, 
he was just there to hold a clipboard and all of a sudden he's starting you know everyone's talking about a third stringer no this is a fourth stringer coming in um and he, he give him he, time yeah he, he showed great arm strength on the uh the throw to tevin jones right before the the, the the 30 yard touchdown to washington at the end of the first half so i mean I, that wasn't a slant but it was definitely a uh a throw where he had to drill it in there between two or three defenders so i'm, I'm sure he he does know how to throw slant pa- passes i mean that's that's not that difficult of a, of a of th- like you said somebody like him should uh be able to throw those he probably just didn't have many opportunities it was his first or second start so you know it's a big learning curve he's, he's probably trying to process a lot of information at once so all things considered he did a pretty good job yesterday you know what we uh um, I'm going to bring this up. A duck was the equivalent of the Heisman in FCS, which is the Walter Payton Award. And I always, I have been bringing up since May. I was really, um, really excited about this guy um, coming in just for the fact that I wanted him to be a third stringer. Um, and um, I wanted him on the team at, instead of Josh Dobbs. And I was vocal about that. And I'll be glad. I'm not like the uh, Baltimore Raven fans that hated Lamar Jackson, even in August, still thought he was horrible. And now they're like, woo, it was awesome. I loved him since the beginning. Like, no, you're lying. Because um, I, I answered a question, a couple of those on my Facebook today. But what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, not only was he the equivalent of the Heisman in the FCS, he broke Steve McNair's 24-year record right. of all-time passing yards in FCS, which that is a pretty big deal. If you remember anything about Steve McNair, in college, he was absolutely amazing. Pretty good in the pros, too. I want to do a shout-out here to uh, a guy that does this at the beginning of every one of our shows. To not much fanfare, and I love this, that he does this. Mr. Joey Franklin Jr., 585 Rochester, mm-hmm. New York. He's loud, and he's proud of it. So uh, I, I love it. Um, don't be afraid to let us know where you're coming from. Bo says again... Um, Hey, he was just a camp arm, and that's all he was. But we've seen camp arms um, turn things around. Uh, Cecil Clark says, bad, Duck will be fine. I agree. Um, I think he will be fine. But remember, he hasn't had time. we got to give this guy time. Three games. um, That's all he has so far under his belt. And uh, Shaner Smith, you know I'm an 814 guy myself. I'm a little bit away from there, but 45 minutes down the road in Johnstown, PA, Richland to be exact. But <laughs> uh, uh, love the tuna. Love the tuna. We've got, uh, you know, I never knew Snowman was from Newcastle, Delaware, which is uh, probably not too far from me being here in Maryland. Um, here's wow. a question. Here's a big one, Tony. Hey, bad. And, and tone deaf, too. Don't forget tone deaf. Well, how, yeah. how far can we make it in the playoffs with Duck and Mason? You know what? Let's, let's take a little – let's go in the time machine. And I know I do this a little too much with you guys. But, Tony, would you join me to go in, back in time? Would you like to go into the BTSC DeLorean? I yes. like that. I like that. It's a little Wayne's World-ish, but I like that. Okay. What, what year is this? Let's go back to the year that uh, – I graduated high school, and I believe the year before you graduated high school. Let's go back 30 years ago. All right, 30 Um, years. 30 years. Well, I'm going to go back to 89. Okay. So I think I graduated two years before you then. Um, So let's go back to 1989. There's another number six, okay? His name was Walter Bubby Brister, a brash southern gentleman, not really a gentleman, but a brash (laughs) southern guy. That uh, he uh, he wasn't afraid to back it up, and I think he had something that uh, we've been hearing two words. Well, let me, let me throw the one word out. I'm going to throw the word poise out. We're hearing poise a lot with Duck, and which is true. But uh, I'm not going to say Bubby had poise, but he had the one w- word that everybody is going to go ahead and describe Duck Hodges with. And what is that five-letter word? Moxie. Moxie. I believe it's M-O-X-I-E. Um, right. I, I Googled it before I wrote it in an article a while back. Because <laughs> I knew people would give me trouble for it. So it's definitely how you spell it. Because he's all about Moxie. And look, I mean, that team started out in 90, 
92 to 10, losing 51 nothing to the Browns at home. Uh, horrible loss. Then going ahead and losing to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, 41 to 10. So uh, then they came out and, and beat Minnesota, and and uh, they lost a lot of stinkers along the way. Ended up nine and seven. Had to get help on Christmas night of all things. The Minnesota Vikings helped them out with a Monday night football victory over the Cincinnati Bengals, which I watched with my buddies, and it, it was just an amazing thing. And it, it just felt absolutely awesome it was, it was magical one, of, one it, of my favorite times as a sports fan it, it, it that was a great run they fell short they had a good defense back then they did not have the defense that the Steelers do right now right the right. 2019 Steelers do they right. don't they probably had a little better of an offense than the Steelers do mm-hmm. look I'm not predicting that they're going to go they're going to go far in the playoffs, I'm predicting that they're going to probably get in there if mm. they do what they're supposed to do and they don't stop. Um, and uh, they're going to, they could get there. So, but remember, they've got to, they've got to take care of business before anyone else does. Right. But so all I, all I'm saying is that that team had, was led by a guy with moxie and swagger and uh i believe cecil here did i lose that here i i, I love this line brister was a bad dude a mean shut your mouth <laughs> let me do the the shaft impression there um so and i i gotta tell you this <laughs> he had a great arm probably a better arm than, than duck but you know Duck's not bad either. You know, he has a pretty decent arm too. And uh, I, I got to deal with something here um, before we go forward. Tony, uh, who did you pick in this game? Did who did I pick? Steelers? I think I said like maybe 17-14. I can't remember if I picked them. I knew it was going to be a, a low-scoring game. The only guy that backed me up when I said that the Steelers were probably going to lose this game was Dennis Sheridan. And I love this line. Everyone knows that Bat and I called the game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Hey, I love when I'm wrong. When I'm wrong this way, I love that I'm wrong. So I have no problem being wrong. And I don't think that uh, I don't think it's it's that wrong to go ahead and prognosticate and predict that your team's going to lose. But Tony, don't say anything on that because a little teaser. I think that is going to be the subject of point counterpoint this week with Brian Anthony Davis and Tony Defio on behind the steel curtain. And boy, do I have a to pick with you about that. <laughs> what? Well, point counterpoint. I have a, I have a bone to pick with oh, you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously. That's I'm, so, only... I'm so riled up about that. Yeah, I Mitchell, I did. I picked the Browns. I definitely picked the Browns. We were. Dennis was uh, joking um, because Dennis was with me. He was the only one that backed me up in saying that the uh, if if I said it wrong on the show, I apologize. But look, I mean, I did think that the Browns were going to go ahead and win this game. I just had that bad gut feeling. But uh, you know, you know, sometimes you got to be pessimistic. I told you guys the other night that I wish I would have had that bad feeling in in my gut. And followed it when I married my first wife. I had to wait the second time around to find happiness. So guess what? I'm like the Steelers. I I, I finished it. It just took me took me a couple of years to do that. That's right. <laughs> a couple of mulligans. Nothing wrong with that. So um, I am. Uh, <laughs> Dwayne says blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyways, let's let's get back. Let's wrap up the 89 Steelers real quick. You know, that was that was a fun season. I just kind of feel like this is the kind of team that has that that kind of they have that kind of genesequa that I I just feel that they can go ahead and surprise some people. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm not saying win the Super Bowl. Right. But make right. a run. Yeah, I mean, well, they have the great equalizer now. They have the defense. Like for years, we talked about the franchise quarterback being the great equalizer, and and he is for just about every team that has one. Well, they don't have that now, unfortunately, but they definitely have a, a an elite defense. 
and we've seen it with the Ravens so many times throughout the years. They've they've made runs as wild card teams. They've won a one or two games in the playoffs. So with that defense, I mean, I could see them if they make the playoffs, which I'm not counting, you know, my chickens before they're hatched, but if they do make the playoffs, I could definitely see them going and, and winning one, at least one game because because of, of the defense. It's, it's just so good right now. It's playing lights out. They are, you know, they really are. Um, but if we go ahead and put a valedictorian on this game, we're, we're going to grade them straight up. I mean, I gave them a B plus, but you know what? You could also give them an A just for the adversity. Um, this was a game they had to win. This was the game to find out exactly who they were. And that that's it. Right. That's that's exactly what they needed. Um, but if you're gonna go ahead and put a valedictorian on the game, on this game, who's it going to be? And I'm we're gonna get a little help. We're we're gonna get a little help from my man Keaton here. James Washington. It's got to be. It's got to be him. Up balling. He he made the three the three catches that he made. Those three athletic catches. They led to seventeen points. I mean, how could he not be the valedictorian? He was the best game he's ever played, and maybe offensive player of the week. The way with those three catches. And uh, I'm, I'm going to put this up here, uh, Michael Toole, who uh, always keeps me accountable, and I appreciate Michael for that. We cannot overlook the Cardinals. No, we can't, and I'm not saying we're going to. Um, I'm just saying that and if you overlook the Cardinals, you're going to be in trouble. But if you take care of your business, you can go to the playoffs. And we're, the question was that was broached, can Duck do anything if they make it to the playoffs? Can can we do it with this team? Here's our guy, Isaac Aguilera. Um, this guy, he was working all night and had like a couple hours of sleep. And uh, and I finally got to watch the game. I'm having trouble bringing it up. Uh, so I'll just read it here. Why do the Steelers get no credit for this win? Instead, everyone is focusing on the Browns sucking. I mean, we all knew this. LOL. Um you know what? I mean, I'm not sure why they're why they're not. Uh, I think they're getting credit. I mean, yeah, I've seen enough credit for them for sure. So we brought up in here. Let me go ahead and bring that up. Thank you, Isaac, for the five dollars. If you do want to support the show, um, like like we said before, subscribe, like, also hit the bell for notifications as well. Um, but you could also go ahead and support. Uh, with a super chat, and we'll go ahead and put you to the top of the queue. Thanks, Isaac, once again, for about uh, that $5 donation to the show. Um, so the question here is the uh, valedictorian. I think we said James Washington, and I completely believe it. Um, I will also, uh, you know, I'll give a lot of praise to Duck Hodges for the way he handled that game. And we'll talk about the defense as well. Bud Dupree as well, a stud once again. Um, fastly becoming just the guy. But there's a lot of the guys on that defense, and I never thought we'd say that. Um, but back to the valedictorian. Let's call them valedictorians, okay? When did this game change in your mind, Tony? Because I know exactly where I thought it changed. It was that it was the uh, the free play at the what it was about six minutes left in the uh, second quarter when 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 Hodges threw deep down the left sideline to Washington and he and he made that great play and kept both feet in bounce that that changed the whole game thirty one yards. You know what? That's the thing. And Randy Feetner and I'm always on this guy and I know I'm always on this guy. You're probably sick of it, but Randy Feetner was keeping him shackled up. Maybe it was Tomlin. I mean, I don't know, but he was kept shackled up. Um, they always say we're not going to, uh, uh, we're not going to live in our fears, but they lived in their fears until they had a free play. So if he gets picked, doesn't matter. He comes back, but still, if it gets picked, it sticks in the, I mean, you know, like when you're, you watch a courtroom drama and they're like, I object, and they're like sustained or overruled mm -hmm. or whatever, and and they shout out something, but it, it's still out there and still in the even though jury disregard that, right. the jury still right. has it in their head. I've watched mm -hmm. a few good men like seventeen 
thousand times, <laughs> and I could probably recite that. And uh, that might be a podcast um, coming up when we have nothing to do in February. Um, Tony and Brian re- uh, actually reenact a few good men court scene. So <laughs> we might we might be doing that. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to be Jack Nicholson um, or Tom Cruise. We'll we'll fight over that in point counterpoint, and maybe you guys could help us out with that too. Yeah. But um, but what I'm saying is. If you throw an interception there, it sticks in your craw. Right. You remember it, a young quarterback like Duck, it's going to stick in his head. Um, but James Washington with those mammoth, I'd like to see his hands because he <laughs> is the best hands. I think instead of like, uh, you know, uh, oil, natural oils, I think he has just like stick them coming through his pores <laughs> because that guy can catch a football and he is very good hands. But when he caught that ball, I'm like, here it is here it is and they unleashed him they let him do his thing after that right. and that was to me that was the turning point of this ball game and they get the ball back and next thing you know they've got a they've got a tie game right and being down 10 nothing you know i didn't think they were going to survive that i didn't think they were going to score a touchdown the way it started the whole game i, I thought they would be lucky if they scored a couple field goals so, you know what? Then we go to the defensive side of the ball. Once again, TJ Watt, what, 12 and a half sacks now, which I tweeted this out, and Tony, you're the only person who liked it. Hey, remember, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm stuck on 97 Twitter fo- followers for the, for a couple weeks now. I got to get to that century mark. So anybody that wants to help me out there, feel free. Um, um um, at BTSC, BAD, or BAD, BTSC. Maybe that's why I, you, you can't follow me because I can't remember my name. But yeah. uh, my Twitter handle, is, is that what we call it? Um, I remember the first time my, my dad heard about Twitter. He's like, uh, he was complaining about Richard Mendenhall making comments. He goes, yeah, and he put it on the tweeter. Hey. And I went, the tweeter? What the hell's the tweeter? But anyways, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. You've got Bud Dupree. Wow. You've got TJ Watt. And Back to, see, I'm getting all messed up here. But TJ, he now has 12 and a half sacks. He is now 11th all time. Tied with Clark Hagans in the Steelers sack list. 11th all time already. But Bud Dupree is already, he's in the top 20 now too. So um, this team is making it happen. Um, And I'm loving it. But they're getting help on defense. Since Stefan Tuitt went down, Cam Hayward had probably his first quarter of the season probably was, you could say, a disappointment. So, so, yeah. Then after that, he's just been playing lights out. Right. And that's the leader that he is. You have five or six leaders on this defense. Of course, we know what Minka's been doing. Dill Winnett just followed me. I've got 98, baby. Thanks, Woo! Dill Winnett. <laughs> um, not just that, now you have corners. When was the last time we're talking about having quality corners? Yeah. And anybody that wants to say that Joe Hayden got the money and ran, he's one of the league leaders in past defenses. He has two interceptions. He's playing very good ball. That's the leader in that team. And don't you think that felt good? That had to feel good for him. Ask OBJ how good Joe Hayden still is. Yeah. Like what, 29 yards he had yesterday? Yep. Yeah, he he was a mess. And uh... (laughs) And let's not forget uh, that that, uh, nice play that Hilton made after the interception. They were were, uh, trying to throw down to, I guess it was Jarvis Landry at at the goal line, and Hilton knocked it away at the last second. That was a big play. So uh, apparently uh, we just got word from above that uh, uh, Jeff Hartman's like, are we talking about Twitter followers now? And he always, he sends us to me, to my personal text all the time, always the face palm emoji. And he knows I hate the face palm emoji, but uh, he does that to me all the time. And I know he's mm. giggling right now. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he is. Um Mitchell Green, no, I'm not going to be like Lance and go against us every week. It was just, I had a bad gut. 
that's it. Sometimes you get the bad gut. And uh, well, the way the way it looks like such a mismatch on offense, you know, with the the uh, Browns coming in with with Baker Mayfield and, and all those weapons, and then the Steelers having what they had. You just, I mean, who would have predicted that that Washington would go off the way he did yesterday? That 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 Doc would look as comfortable as he did in the second half. So I mean. I didn't have a great feeling about the game either. The only thing I was relying on was the fact that it was the Browns and the Browns always eventually act like the Browns. So that's, that's the only thing I was going, uh, you know, that's the only thing I, I, I hung my head on was it was the Browns. And if it's Brown, flush it down. Right. And that's exactly what the Steelers did. Um, as far as everything else uh, goes, we're talking about the defense. We love what we're, we're seeing in cam. And uh, of course, he doesn't get enough credit for this. Vinny Vidi Vici, number 98, Vince Williams. Since he came back from injury, the running game, uh, the run, rush defense has gotten so much better. And it's amazing. Uh, Devin Bush showed up yesterday. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, Nelson and Hayden were showing up. Terrell Edmonds was showing up. I mean, right. it's really hard to see anybody on that defense that didn't have a good game. And I'm forgetting the gravedigger. Yeah, he had the biggest sack of the game, I think. Yeah, and he yeah. had a, a big half sack, too, in there. So right, he right. had a great game. Right. Um, and Tyson Alualu, he's showing up. He's having a fine season that nobody's really noticing. Right. So I'm loving that defense. I hope it keeps going. And uh, y- y- you got to just think that somebody mentioned it earlier, and I'm I'm not sure it was way back uh Way back in the comments section, that uh, is, could Duck be our Trent Dilfer? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, I mean, let's not insult him too much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, but, go easy on him. He's a rookie. But you, you know, that's funny. But you, you know, I mean, Trent Dilfer, uh, you know, led a team to a championship, and you can never take it away from him. He had right. a fantastic defense. Let's not. I'm not ready to go that far that yet, but uh, I, I'm pretty excited about him. Um, Cody Marshall, $2, Randy making Duck look good or the other way around? Tony, you can answer that. $2, thanks, Cody. I appreciate it. I think uh, I think Randy, the more I think about it, I think he was af- he was afraid to, to let those guys uh, throw downfield, you know, but I think yesterday w- was a bit of a wake-up call for him. So, you know, we have to realize that, that you know, last year when, when he – had all his weapons. They had a, a great red zone uh, offense. So, you know, you have to, you have to put the, a little bit of the blame on the players. And, and, and remember this is the third offensive coordinator. We wanted to run out of town since uh, Bruce Arian. So it's, I don't think that's much of a coincidence. I think it's, it's more us than it is them at times, but, but I think moving forward, if, if, if Randy Fickner didn't learn from yesterday that he, he should trust his young quarterback, then, then maybe he's not going to, he'll, he'll never learn that lesson until Ben comes back. Yeah, I, you know my feelings. Ben Roethlisberger right. is the offensive coordinator of the team. When he went down, they lost their OC, and I, I really feel like, I f- feel like that's to be true. Um, here's here's a great comment. Um, question actually is Washington becoming such a deep threat that teams will have to start focusing on him and more creating, um, and creating more opportunities for Juju and Johnson to make plays, or is he not there yet? That's Michael tool. And that's a great question. Um, I think that's Tony. I think that's kind of the case. I think when Juju comes back, you can't leave Washington alone. He's going to burn you. Yeah. And, and, you know, we forget that, you know, how difficult the NFL is for rookie receivers. I think there, there have been many articles written about, about how, how uh, rookie receivers struggled, you know, to, 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 to make, to make it. And then by their second or third year, they, 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 you know, uh, they flipped the switch and maybe you're seeing that with Washington. I mean, the talent has always been there as evidenced by, by how he played in the preseason the last two years. So I think it was just a matter of time before he started to put it together in the regular season. And the fact that, that, you know, they were doing a quarterback carousel this year because of injuries and, and, and poor play that didn't help either, but you know, maybe now he's finally hitting a stride. And, and when Juju does come back, I mean, you know, you're going to have uh, two young guys who, who, you know, one who's already proven himself. He's a pro bowler and another who might be hidden in that direction. So, I mean, there you go. Um, and for those of you that don't want James Conner to come back as well, 
come on, we need James Conner back. Um, he opened some things up. Um, you know, and I, I know that, uh, I know there's some frustration and the reason there's frustration with this guy is just for the fact that, uh, it's just well, all injuries. That's he's, all a, he's always hurt, but the hey, talent is there. The talent is there. I mean, you know what? I mean, think about what his body's gone through. Um, and I'm not talking on the football field. I'm talking about with, uh, with cancer and treatment, um, that, uh, as much as you try to strengthen those muscles too, I mean, he, he might have a lower resistance for, uh, I mean, tears and, uh, and things like that. So, you know, I really don't have, uh, I really don't have a problem you need to get him back and open yeah. it up. You have him, you have Snell, you have Samuels, who I called a Veron Haynes um, the other night, and uh, who Jeff uh, mentioned that on the show. Thanks for the uh, yesterday for uh, mentioning me and Veron Haynes. I really appreciated that. Um, I actually met Veron Haynes. I drove him to the airport once, but that's another story for another time. Um, but you've got a good running back committee, and don't forget Kareth White. I hope he sticks around too, especially, I mean, he was opening things up as far as a return game goes, averaging 24 yards uh, per return, something Ryan Switzer didn't do. Um, Deontay Johnson also uh, catching punts. Um, I'm liking what he's doing as well. Um, Here is a $10 um, contribution from 4TL Music Group. Questionable calls in all Steelers games for the last three years. Why does it seem like they are out to get us? It goes back to Boston Thanksgiving game. Guess who was in New York doing replays? Yep, Riveron. Al Riveron. Uh, uh, I mean, that was such an obvious reversal. I'm, sh- I'm assuming he's talking about the uh, what should have been a touchback late in the game, right? And everybody saw the knee hitting the, the uh, touching the ball with, with the player out of bounds, and 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 then and then what was it Gene Steratore? He, he was he was even saying, look, that's definitely going to be reversed. And then when they didn't reverse it, he tried to stick up for his guy and say, oh yeah, he he had possession. That's probably what they're saying. He had possession before you know he had two hands on the ball, so they're saying the ball was dead there, which is totally bogus. Give me a break. Yeah, that's, I mean, even Dan Fouts, who seems to not like the Steelers, was like, that's a horrible yeah. call. How can they do that? I'm like, Dan Fouts is sticking up for you. You guys think Chris Collinsworth hates the Steelers? I don't think he does. I'm a Chris Collinsworth fan, actually. He's, really, he's very good. Yeah, you guys are going to kill me for that. But Fouts hates the Steelers more than than uh, a lot of teams, but they've also stifled him a lot in his career. This is, uh, this is something that, uh, that we've had uh, on a uh, BTSC media and Twitter. Um, and this is, this is just fantastic. Andre Coleman. Thank you so much for uh, throwing this one in. Here's the stats from the last 10 games and think about it. 10 games, no Minka. So, I mean, 10 games, Minka first two games, no Minka. And then Bud comes back as well. Um, first in takeaways, 28. First in quarterback hits, 78. First in passes defensed, 65. First in fumble recoveries, 13. First in forced, first in forced fumbles, 17. Second in interceptions, 15. Look, we've had some glory stealer defenses in the last 30 years. I don't remember stats quite like this. And that's what I said before. This is a this this defense is a great equalizer for them now. That's why they can win any game they're in down the stretch. These last four games that they're going to have a chance to to win all of them because of because of that defense. And 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 uh, you know, and not only are they opportunistic and getting after the quarterback, but they're they're maturing and and they're closing games out. We saw that in L.A. or with the uh, Rams at Heinz Field. We saw that last week. And we saw it yesterday. They're they're closing out games now. That's that's another sign of a maturing defense. They're not just opportunistic, but they're they're learning how to how to how to hold a lead in the fourth quarter. Cow dog game says that's a top two defense. Yeah, you, you really you can't deny that. Um, I, just absolutely 
absolutely incredible. But uh, as far as everything else is going, um, so what are your thoughts, Tony? If we're going to go ahead and we talked about a grade earlier, what if we went ahead and uh, and threw out a grade, not just, let's just not throw out a grade for yesterday's game. Let's throw it out for the third quarter of the season. Where do you grade the Steelers there? Well, I mean, it's with the exception of the, the game in Cleveland. I, I mean, I think they've, they, that the third quarter of the season has saved their season. So I'm going to give them a, an A minus for, for, for staying alive and not giving up and not, and not tanking the season like so many teams have done. Um, yeah. So um, that, that's, that's definite right there. Um, I, I think they've just that one game. They had a rough time, but you've you've got to you've got to look where it has turned them around. But that last quarter of the season, actually, the last two quarters of the season, three and one, three and one, after starting one and three, that's that's a pretty big deal. Um, Tony and Bad, what do you think of Edmonds taking Barron's role and Davis coming back and Tuit coming back on defense? I guess you're talking next year. Uh, I don't even know about next year because you don't even know if uh, where Davis, I mean, I guess he'll resign because uh, I would Davis even come back, uh, come back now. I mean, this year, will he even come back? If he does, then you have, you have yourself a pretty decent backup, which would, it would, I, I don't think, I don't know why you would object to that if you're a Steeler fan, because he would be an upgrade on, you know, in depth. So, but as far as next year, I think he's probably going to want to start somewhere. So he'll probably, um, I'll probably leave as a free agent, but that's okay because, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's obviously going to be an elite talent for them for the next half decade at least. Absolutely. Um, Snowman asked if I could answer his $2 question. I, uh, I must have lost it. Um, or I, I went to, I get all confused. Um, so actually, uh, or, I already did. I, I can't remember what I did, but I appreciate it. If, if I didn't ask it again, I'll definitely grab it. Um, Matt, P., I, I like this question here too. Um, actually, not really a question. It's a comment. Matt P., I honestly think Steeler fans over-exaggerate how bad Baron is. I'm guilty. I was guilty until last week until I read uh, an article about how, I think it was Flip, Fitcher, Flip Fisher's uh, video uh video a f film review of, of his play and it kind of convinced me that maybe i was uh being a little too hard on him um so yeah you know um as as far as that um i i think Aaron, to me i don't think he's a complete bust um he's having some he's having some games where you're like wow he's really stepping up and then there's there's others that you know it's not like he's horrendous. Right. And to me, I, I just don't think he is. So uh, as far as anything with, with this guy, um, you know, you really can't, can't say that he's horrible when maybe he's not the best on the defense, but look how great that defense is. Maybe right. uh, I think the worst, uh, maybe uh, let's put it this way of their starting defense, the uh, worst defenders, are uh, probably Terrell Edmonds and uh, Mark Barron and maybe uh, uh, maybe throw in Mike Hilton. And right. I think they're all having decent years. Right. So, I mean, just because they're not, I mean, they're not standing out like the other guys, you know, and when I say worse, don't, I mean, don't come and defend them because I, I don't think they're bad at all. I'm just saying that's how good they are Yeah. at yeah. this point. The exactly. secondary is so much better this season. What Barron's doing is, I I think it's uh I think he's a piece of the puzzle, and we we need those pieces of the puzzle. So um, he worked. You know who didn't work for them was um number forty two Morgan Burnett didn't right. work for the Steelers. Right. He didn't even want to play. He didn't. He didn't want to. He didn't want to fill the role at all. He wanted to be a, a safety. He didn't yeah. want to fill the role that he came here to fill. He played really well against the Steelers a couple of weeks ago, um, but I mean, he he didn't want to play the role, but he had no problem. He had no problem signing. 
Right. Yeah. That, that's a, yeah. Um, Wes Pickock says, uh, you know, Barron's issue is he isn't strong against tight ends. Um, so yeah, I did mess up the, uh, I did mess up the, uh, the $2 uh, question from snowman update on our injured players, please. So good news yesterday. Really? I didn't even see anybody limp off in that game yesterday. I haven't heard much of an injury report. Um, I did not hear anything from uh, James Conner today. He usually does his show in Pittsburgh, his radio show at five o'clock, the same time that uh, we usually get started. So I didn't get a chance to check in on it last week. He said he needs a little more time. He did return to practice last week. Um, I think it was to start getting some work, but I, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't really expect him back right away. The knee with Juju, I don't know. We'll find out more from Mike Tomlin tomorrow. But as far as the injured players, I think those are uh, are the, the two major ones to talk about. Um, am I missing anybody else? I think that's about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's those two. I don't think anybody else is has been, you know, chronically injured. It's just been Juju and, and Connor the last few weeks. And I really think when Juju comes back, that, that really, uh, that really helps open things up a little more. Um, one thing that we didn't mention earlier than I had on my mind, you were talking about how, um, James Washington and, and, uh, Devlin Hodges have a good rapport. They go duck hunting every Tuesday and some other players go too. And he was talking about it. I, I heard a soundbite from him talking about how that just gives them a chance to know each other and get on the same page a little bit more. And I love that they do that together. I I remember uh, guys like Kiesel and uh, Debo used to go hunting together all the time and doing stuff like that. Um, you know, bonding bonding that way is is a really big deal, especially between a quarterback and a receiver. Um, this doesn't make Juju this doesn't push Juju aside. This just no. means when he comes back, there's more opportunities for everybody because there's more of a threat on the field. Um, and I, I, I think it, I think it's going to make the quarterback. I think it's going to make everything so much better at that point. Um, Joey Franklin jr. Um, says, I wish we had Rosie Nix back. Yeah. I think that would help out so much more. Um, you definitely really do need one. Um, but they're going without, they're basically going, going without one. Um, there's no fullback in Pittsburgh right now. And I, I don't think uh, the closest thing was Sutton Smith. Who's not even a fullback. Hmm. Um, Nap 1963 uh, quotes DVE this morning. They doubted Connor is back for the cards. Juju's a little closer, but still a long shot for the cards. Um, that's true. Um, NVR NDR says uh, it's also the way that Jay Washington is catching the ball. Difficult combat catches and those hands. I, I agree. But this is the big one, and Snowman says it. He's freed. Mr. Pouncey is back, and he will be back, and that's a big deal. Big Daddy's uh, back. So I have uh, – Steve O'Neill says there's no bond like a good duck hunt. I have never been duck hunting. Um, maybe Tony and I need to bond um, with a duck hunt. I mean, we do pretty well, but uh, – but, uh, you know, can you see you and me going duck hunting or do you want I, to go anywhere near me with, with a gun? No, nah, I, I was going to say, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I would be a very good shot. So, and I, and I wouldn't want to sit in the woods either. I'm kind of a, uh, you know, I, I, I like the indoors. So I, I'm a city guy. So I don't, I don't know if I would, if I would be good to bond with in the woods, I'd be, I'd do, I'd be pretty miserable and, and, and you'd probably hate me by the end of the day. Um, <laughs> I could never hate you, Tony. You're <laughs> you're you're my buddy, um, Rob Rossi, and uh, he says the two practice squad players, Kane and White, have been a nice addition to my surprise. Rob, definitely. I mean, I we talked about White earlier. I did not bring up Dion Kane, but when that guy gets open, 
he has he has a chance to really break things wide open. I mean, I don't think he's going away either. Because yeah. let, let, let's talk about a full when everything is well and good, you're five guys. And I think one guy's probably gonna miss the cut here that who I like a lot. But of course you're gonna have Juju, Jay Wash, you're gonna have uh DJ eighteen, Deontay Johnson. Where I'm not talking Switzer right now. I'm not talking Johnny Holton because Johnny Holton is a special teamer. He's he's out there just because he has to be out there. I think you add Dion Kane to the mix and Tevin Jones. I think those are your those are the five you run with right now. Yeah, and and, and Matt Williamson, who's a, a I think he works for the Steelers uh, radio network now, and he he was a pretty prominent scout for years. He he said last week he was surprised that uh, Kane, you know, was able to sign with the Steelers. He, he was surprised that the Colts let him get away. So, and he expects him to stick around. So that's that's a pretty big endorsement as far as I'm concerned. So I can definitely see him uh, developing here and, and being one of the receivers next year. Uh, you know, he's already one of the receivers now, but staying staying on the roster and 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 having a more prominent role in 2020. Yeah. So I mean, remember they brought brought Kobe Hamilton in a couple years ago and he ended up being your number two receiver in, in the playoffs. So, um, you know, guys like that can be helpful. I mean, you know, you never know. And then they turn, we've seen guys over the years, you know, come off of practice squads or just come off as free agents and end up being really good players for teams and even go into the pro bowl. Um, Gosh, he's his name is going to escape me, but uh, uh, I'm thinking number eighty for the Broncos. In Rod, um, who was the Broncos' big receiver when Elway finally won it? I know um, exactly who you mean, but I can't. Oh, think, I, I can't think of his name either. Rod, come on, tw- come on, uh, comment section, help us out. <laughs> help us out. You, here. you guys know everything. Tell us. He might have been an undrafted free agent guy that. The Rod, Rod Smith. Smith. There you go. Thank yeah. you, Wes. And, and and I really think of I think he was one of those guys. And uh, Dragon Jay Z says uh, Big Al as well. Um, so you know, I mean, there's a possibility Dion Kane could be a star for this team. He's got great size. He's got good speed. Um, he's everything that you can go ahead and. Uh, he, he's saying he hate me. Dwayne says he hate me, but um, that was Rod Smart. Yeah, Rod Smart for the he played for the Panthers after he came to the NFL. Yeah, and who was Rod Smart's half brother? Uh, I've already been over this. I forget already. I'm sorry. Chris Rainey. That's right, Chris Florida, Rainey. That's fifth right, round yeah. pick for the Steelers that uh, didn't last too long with the team, but um, got into some trouble and they cut him. Um, but Here's here's another one. The wide receiver for the Seahawks that year they won the Super Bowl was working at Foot Locker before they signed him for the game. Wow. I go, I don't know that one. That's that's a good one. Um. So um, you don't know. Um, but I'm just hoping you know someone like Deion Kane really works out for this team. So um, this is what we're going to do. And Kane equals Superman, Joey Franklin Jr. And uh, that's uh, Lance Williams, the uh, king of nicknames. Dean Kane, Dion Kane, Superman. There you go. TV, TV Superman. Yeah. I, didn't he play football at USC? He might have. I, I can I, see that. He, he seems like a pretty athletic guy. I, I'm kind of thinking that, but I mean, I, I don't know for sure. Um, but uh, Keith asked, why does everyone call Benny no jets? He ran almost the exact 40 times at combine than Connor did. I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a big, I'm a big fan of Lance Williams. I don't understand the Benny no jets thing. I mean, I know it's a takeoff of the Elton John song, but uh, I, um, he is your bruiser. He's your guy. So, um, so, he is the guy that, and uh, Mike Tomlin said that the longer that he's in the game, the stronger he gets. So, um, 
there you go. Um, Kane is Bryant flashback speed height hair. <laughs> I, I guess uh, I, I guess he uh, I never really noticed his hair, but hmm. there you go. Um, so let's uh, a few minutes left in the show. We're coming up on uh, on the one hour mark. So uh, throw in your uh, last minute closing calls, and uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap everything up. So any questions you have? Please throw them in, and uh, then we will celebrate this hangover and no longer for the day. But BTSC, do you feel the offensive play calling is the same, except Duck is simply more comfortable going with the deeper options? I do for sure. Tony, what do you think? Oh, I agree. I, I don't think they would have changed the offense that much uh, going from Mason to, 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 to Duck. So, like, 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 the, uh, like you said, um, I think I think Mason or I'm sorry, uh, Duck just got more comfortable with uh, throwing deep, and and Washington certainly helped a lot with the way you know with, with his athletic catches. So I don't I don't think it's changed a lot. And they, and, and they even threw the yeah, Wildcat in there yesterday, which is what they they did with Mason in, in weeks three and four. So I don't think or four and five. So I, I don't think it's changed all that much. I just think I just think at this point we go back to where Moxie with Duck, and he's he's just more comfortable back there. Um, 4TL asked, bad, why is uh, Josh Gordon and AB talked about his wide receivers available and why is Bryant still out of football? Um, I don't think he's been cleared yet. Um, I think he's still on the suspension list for um, with the league, but and I'm actually pretty confident on that. Um, here's a great, great question. Um, if I could find it... Um, how much progress can we ex expect to see from Duck this week? Um, what do you think? Can can he make a jump, or or is it uh, that great game and then you fall back to earth? What are your thoughts? I'm just I'm just looking for him to to just continue to play within himself like he did yesterday. Uh, you know, just don't you, you know trust your receivers downfield for, with the 50-50 balls. I think that's one thing. Mason Rudolph struggled with. He, he didn't want to. He didn't want to trust his receivers with deeper passes. And and you know what? I think two things that get over overlooked yesterday were the two third and six passes he completed at the end of that game. You know when they when they ran so much clock off after starting the, at the one yard line. You know he found Deontay Johnson on third and six, and then he found Vance McDonald on third and six, and that kept those drives that, that drive alive. So. I think that the fact that they trusted him in those spots to throw the ball and, and they trusted him again on third down a few plays later, he just, he didn't, um, he threw it out of bounds. He threw it away, but I, I think we can, we can expect a bit of a progression, but we can't expect him to, to make leaps and bounds. I don't think that's, that's what, what we're going to uh, see next week. We're, we're just going to see a slightly more improved version of what we saw yesterday. You know, keep following that progression. That's basically, uh, um, what you need to do. Um, Joey Franklin Jr. asked, uh, does uh, no Jets get the start Sunday? I think he should. I think at, at this point, I think he does. Um, so with that being said, thank you all of our uh, BTSC family. Um, we do really appreciate everything that, uh, everything that you do for us. It's so nice seeing that uh, we do have this entire group, we have 183 strong in the show. Be sure to go ahead, like uh, Dennis Sheridan said, go ahead, like, hit that like button, keep us going. We really, we love it. We love the fact that you're a part of our day, and thank you so much. Hey, four games to go. Take them one game at a time. That's the most important thing. Tony, what are your last thoughts? My last thoughts are, uh, you know, here we are with the uh, a great opportunity next week in Arizona, and it's one of those trap games. But there are, like I said last week, there are no trap games with this team. And, and I expect another close game, and I expect the defense to keep to keep them in the game until the end. And I expect Doc to make a few plays, and you know James Washington, whoever. And I expect another Steeler victory. I'm, I'm going to go with 17-10. You know, there you go. I am going to reserve my uh, my pick 
until later on in the week um, when we do the Steeler preview. Be sure you check that out. Be sure you check out the Stat Geek tomorrow night. Um, standard is the standard with uh, Lance and with uh, Jeff. Of course, Stat Geek, I, I failed to mention Dave Schofield there. Um, and then Dave, Jeff, and myself um, with the preview on Thursday. Um, Lance, once again, will do, uh, yeah, I said it this weekend, we'll have the Steeler burning question. Um, I'm not going to tell you my uh, prediction. I'm just going to tell you that I think the Steelers are on the right track, and I'm pretty excited about this game. So, wink, wink, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So, with that, for Tony Defio, for Behind the Steel Curtain, for all of you, thank you so much. We will see you next week at this time. Hopefully, we're happy. But for the time being, my friends, you have just been hungover. <laughs>